Content presented on the following podcast is for information purposes only. The views and opinion expressed from host and caregivers are solely given based on the experiences of the individuals involved. Because each person is so unique, always consult your physician, physical or occupational therapist for medical and fitness advice. Are you struggling to help your aging parents or disabled spouse to do everyday personal care tasks? Are you concerned about them falling or you injuring yourself? What is the task that is so difficult for you to help them to do? You are not alone. We can help. Finding a Foothold is a weekly podcast show that invites you to call in and tell us your challenge. Here, you can receive practical tips and strategies from an occupational therapist and from other caregivers like yourself. And here is your host, Consuela Marshall. Hello, this is Consuela, and welcome to another episode of Finding a Foothold. I am so glad you're tuning in today, and it's, it's good to be back. Last week, I had the week off, just needing some time to regroup, but I am so glad to be back. And as caregivers, I remember the days when caring for my mom, I didn't get days off. There wasn't time to relax because there are things that have to be done. Assisting them with feeding, getting them in and out of bed, doing the toileting aspects of caregiving. You don't get holidays from that. Those things have to be done every day, day in and day out. So I know many of you caregivers were still in the trenches doing it last week. And I want to say thank you. Thank you for doing it. It's hard work and... I did it for years and there are not many thank yous and there's oftentimes some feelings, just feelings that surface when you're missing things and you're seeing other things going on in other people's lives and you feeling stuck. I felt stuck. It's just a real thing when you feel stuck, but you don't have to always feel stuck. And I know there were times in my life when I just was caregiving and I had, I was having a little pity party and resentful that I'm missing so many things because I'm trying to still work, care for my mom. And those times when I'm not able to do things, it it could just make you, leave you feeling just, just not in a happy place. So I can identify with those of y'all who hang in there and who do it. It is not easy, but it is very rewarding. And I don't regret caring for my mom as she lived with my family, my husband and my kids for several years. We got it done. It wasn't easy. I have no regrets, but I do. I wish I had done things differently. And that's part of why I want to do this podcast. I want to combine my mistakes, those things that I, I wish I had done differently. And then I want to add to that from an OT standpoint, things that can be done and things that I did do. I feel like I had an advantage because I was a therapist that I did I did not have such a struggle with the physical aspect of caring for my mom. Although I did have a lot of the emotional stress that came with caring for her. And so with this podcast, I want to just give you insight into how to make your day easier because things have to continue to keep going as you're caring for your uh, your parents or your disabled spouse And I want to just say again, as always, I appreciate everyone who's out there doing it. 
you're doing it and your heart wants to do it, but sometimes you have to find a way to line that body up so that that body can do it as well. How to keep your body from being injured by learning correct techniques of the how to do it. You have the why you want to do it. You're doing it because you love that person. You want to do it. But this is showing you the how to do it. And so my desire is to see that you improve how you provide care. So in today's episode, which I'm changing things up a little bit. So let's get started and we'll talk about Anita. I want to just highlight a case that I was involved in and how we tackled some problems. And I just want you to take away from this situation things that you can use as I share with you the difficulties that a wife was having as she was dealing with caring for her husband who had a stroke, who was the primary breadwinner in the family. And now she is having to take care of him by herself. So today I'm going to share this story. And I like to use the name Anita. Anita and her husband. Anita is 60 and her husband is 60 as well. And they were looking forward to retiring soon from work. I became the occupational therapist with Anita and got a chance to really get to know her and see the struggles right away that she was having as she was caring for her husband. So let me discuss here their situation. Anita has been home with her husband maybe six months. Husband was working two jobs, very active, but had had some health issues in regard to his high blood pressure, but was not really taking it serious as far as managing his blood pressure properly and had had some warning signs that things were not going well with his health. He had had a previous small stroke, what they call a, um, a TIA, and it had resolved. He had, had initially had some weakness on one side, but over time he had worked through all that weakness and was back at work and doing very well. And here is maybe a year later, He's starting to have the same symptoms again and again, ignoring the symptoms. And as a result, he had a full stroke. It left him with a lot of deficits and have uh, spending a month in the hospital, two months in an inpatient rehab facility, and now home with wife, and she is struggling to take care of him. So as an occupational therapist, when we are in a home, we are, I have had to learn over the years that is more than the physical disabilities. It is really looking at the whole picture of what is going on in the life of this family. It's a family. It's just, it's just taking it off of the page of the black and white of looking at the medical history, but it doesn't come to life until after you ring the doorbell and their world is opened up in front of you. And this was a real eye opener of some of the things that can go wrong when the continuum of care is not properly in place in 
the discharge process and making sure needs are taken care of and making sure all of the, the connections are made. So I'll just start by describing Anita. Anita is sort of a firecracker, you all. She was just letting me have it. She was angry. Oh, she was very defensive. She wanted help, but she was she was cursing. She was angry. Just not a happy wife. And immediately, I could see why. So many things had gone wrong in the process of her getting where she was. She's been home six months, and she is struggling. She's a little petite lady. Her husband is maybe 5'11". Uh, he's not a big guy. He's a really tall, thin guy, but she's probably 5'4". And he has got major deficits. Um, problems with feeding, with swallowing, with coordination, and doesn't have the proper equipment in the home. And things are just, she's just not had an easy start. And she wasn't making it easy as well. Very defensive, but wanted the situation fixed for her. From the occupational therapy standpoint, I saw that there were many things that needed to be addressed. There was a hospital bed in the home. There was a wheelchair in the home. There was a bedside commode in the home. There is a tub seat. And nothing is really working properly for her. So we get in and we start to make the recommendations. And as an occupational therapist, I do them very slowly. There are no you have tos. These are all recommendations. And I start by saying, I definitely value everything that she has done because she's had to do a lot on her own. She really had no guidance. And she was sent home with equipment that she had no idea how to use. And quite frankly, some of the equipment was not adequate. It was not proper. It wasn't things that she could even use for him because he had poor balance, has poor coordination. He cannot stand unassisted, but when assisted to stand, he can make a couple of steps and do a transfer. But she was doing them all incorrectly. She was allowing him to pull up on her, around her neck. And, and she was making unrealistic demands on him that his body was not able to do. And it was very frustrating to him because that I mentioned he was aphasic, meaning he did not have a lot of purposeful speech. He did a lot of coughing because he had just problems managing his swallowing, his secretions, his saliva. So he was coughing a lot and there was a lot of things that were happening wrong in her situation. So let me see how I can share with you how we started the process of making things better for her. We got to the point where I I was no longer guarded and felt like I needed had to have on a bulletproof vest. But Within a couple of sessions, after sharing with her my experiences with my mom and sharing with her that and, and letting her know she's not in this alone, really helped to break the ice with her. So back to what we were able to accomplish. And she had limited means of getting equipment. So we did a lot of looking at secondhand shops, getting the proper tub equipment 
teaching transfers onto the tub transfer bench, teaching her, and just meeting her at those places slowly where she was, was willing to relinquish control. She had to have control of the situation or she would have not been able to take care of her husband. She couldn't have done it. And so getting her to the point where she can slowly let go of these defense mechanisms and trust that we were in there to help her and to impress upon her. We didn't have a lot of time because insurance does not approve a lot of in-home therapy sessions um, that we had to do things quickly and just earning her trust by making her feel that everything that she did was of value that we valued her input. We were not in there to take over her home, but we were in there to enhance the things that she had already started. But we also in there to show her that the way she was doing it, that it was not going to be long before she was going to probably throw in the towel because she was already having back pain. She was already having neck pain. She already promoted just a sedentary behavior. She'd sit him on the sofa and he couldn't get off the sofa unless he called for her. But when he called for assistance, she would get angry that, why are you calling me all of the time? We had to share with her strategies that allowed him to feel useful, that put him in a place that set up the environment that allowed him to transfer, that allowed him to have some mobility in the wheelchair. And look, we started by getting another wheelchair. He had a wheelchair that was too large. It impeded his ability to propel the chair. It was too heavy. She struggled with getting it in and out of the car. And there were just so many things to unpack in that situation that I hope I am, I feel like I'm rambling because I can't really there were just so many things. I really can't stay on track as to how we were to able to get in there, teach her strategies that she, and, and because he was cognitively intact and he was somewhat a little impulsive, but it was because he was confined and he was determined to do things, not out of being impulsive, but just as he needed to try to be as independent as he was used to being independent and she was so much restricting him till he often did things that she asked him rightfully not to do but he did them out of just anger because he had issues as well his life had changed and she couldn't see that it was not that her life had changed he had lost his life and while in there just providing her with the resources and giving her information on how they both needed to talk to someone. That was part of the process as well, but also showing her how to set up the environment that gave him a level of independence. No, he could not do many things by himself, but there were portions of every activity that if she would set it up properly, it gave him successes every day. So I just want to encourage you all out there, if you are struggling, there is hope. There is a way to make some part of your day easier. And I want to encourage every caregiver out there who is struggling right now, who is feeling overwhelmed, 
and feeling like they're having to do everything and they don't have any help. And you're probably right. You have no help. But I can show you a way to make what you're doing easier. And then we can open up avenues where we can show you that there is a way of accepting help. There is a way of reaching out. There is a way of setting up your environment so that someone would come in and be able to do those. You've made it easy to care for your loved one that someone can come in and oversee those easy parts of the day so you can get away and do something for yourself. So I'm hoping that this podcast today is an encouragement to all you caregivers out there to hang in there. You may be off to a rough start. You've been thrown into this caregiving arena with no instructions. Or you've been in it for a while and you've sort of painted yourself into a corner because you're you're angry and really no one really wants to be around you because all you're doing is you're defending something that you've had to build to make work. But I want to challenge you to rethink how you're doing things. Allow someone in. Allow someone to give you a different perspective of caring for your loved one. Not to say that you've done everything wrong. You've done it the only way that you've known how to do it. But can you for a minute say there has to be a better way? I want to see if I can start this second half of the year doing things differently. So I I thank you for tuning in to the podcast today. I'm glad to share my heart with you. And I'm hoping that together we can find a way to set you on a new path for success as you continue to provide the care that is needed for your loved one. And I just want to just emphasize that we will continue to be taking in calls from our call-in line from caregivers who are having struggles as they are doing the physical aspect of caring for their loved ones. But we will now be also adding in some additional episodes will be devoted to uh, talking about stories from clients and just looking at the outcomes and seeing the improvements that have taken place and hopefully giving hope to caregivers that are needing to know that there is a better way, that there is a way to help lighten the load that you're doing as you're caring for your loved one. Thank you, and I will be back again next week. And also, I want to encourage you to subscribe to the podcast and to check out the blog that goes with this podcast and share this community with others. My desire is just to see all caregivers improve how they give care. Thank you again, and you have a good day. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Finding the Foothold podcast. I hope you found information helpful for your situation and you're beginning to envision yourself as a successful caregiver. Remember, you cannot do this alone. So if you have a question to ask or a word of encouragement for another caregiver, I encourage you to call in by visiting the Finding a Foothold dot com website and using the call in button. You can also leave a message by dialing 225-443-9447. 
And that number is also located on the website. You can find this podcast on our website and on all the major podcast streaming sites. Also share our podcast with others who are also navigating this challenging caregiving journey. Finding a Foothold Care is about how you give care.